Welcome to a hilarious and informative show hosted by Mitch Adams of Wrestle Royalty. The worlds of comic book related media and pro wrestling intersect in various ways. Both tell stories, while everyone involved wears tight, colorful outfits that would make circus performers blush. Ladies and gentlemen, WrestleRoyalty.com and Harley Quinn Memes on Facebook proudly present Storytelling in Spandex. Hello everybody and welcome to Storytelling in Spandex. I am your host, Mitch Adams, and I'm delighted to be reintroducing back onto the show my old mate, Mr. Stephen Dickey. How's it going? Very well, Mitch. Thank you for having me back. I kind of got lost in the desert there for a few months, but uh, but I'm back. So found my way, got hydrated. I'm good to go. Let's do this. Awesome. Oh, we've all been lost in the desert for a while, mate. Trust me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Feels that way, doesn't it? Oh, mate. It's yeesh. Uh, I've, I've, we just come off a four month lockdown down here. So trust me, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet, I bet, yeah. I bet you all are feeling good to get back out and not, not get sick. Whereas here in the States, we are just uh, trying to infect each other. It's like uh, a George A. Romero movie come to come to life <laughs> right now. Yeah, I know. A lot of Americans wanted to see what a zombie apocalypse looked like. Now you got, now they've got their wish. So. Yeah. I keep seeing this tweet float around where people are like, where somebody said, uh, uh, if the if the next zombie outbreak movie doesn't involve a bunch of people trying to get infected by zombies because they believe it's a hoax, then it's going to be the least realistic zombie movie you've ever seen. I 100 percent agree with that. I think if people aren't running around, be like, oh, this is a hoax. I'm going to let the zombie bite me. Then yeah, it's just it's lost all reality. Oh man, I'll I'll pay to say that maybe 100. percent I would too. <laughs> Well, 28 days later would have gone a lot differently if people were willingly running into the zombies, be like, bite me. It's not real. <laughs> oh, dear. You can't rob this stuff, can you? No, no. Romero tried for years and he could. He didn't come up with anything this juicy. Yeah. Oh, well, juicy. <laughs> there's a million jokes to be made there, too. But <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, guys. We've got a packed show for you here today. The, um, penultimate episode of season two this is the final episode of uh season two final episode of the uh oh the shocking year that was 2020 we'll be back uh next month uh in january for season three uh but you know this is just going to be a very special episode and we're going to be discussing something that's very near near to my heart see about a few weeks ago i put out a tweet on this podcast official twitter at spandex pod by the way, at spandex underscore pod, check it out. Uh, making the comparison between the professional wrestling world outside of WWE and the mixed bag that is the DC multiverse. I'm talking films and TV that was all interconnected in the recent crisis of Infinite Earth's uh, story on the Arrowverse. But, you know, we're going to be delving into a lot of things here. And I've meticulously put together a list and mr stephen dickey has one too of all the all the uh franchises that we believe you know what could easily be in the same universe so let's just dive right in right now and the first one is probably going to be the most obvious one because of mr cody rhodes but that's not the reason why we've picked it is that aew all elite wrestling 
is pretty much like the Arrowverse. And I'll explain why I think it's like the Arrowverse. AEW has always tried to present itself as, well, Cody Rhodes called it a buffet of professional wrestling. Basically, a mixed match of every style you can think of. You've got Pure Riso, you've got Lucha Libre, you've got the American-style wrestling, you've got the comedy stuff, you've got uh, the character stuff like Darby Allen, you've got legends like Sting. Arrowverse has always been a bit of a buffet for comic book fans as well because you're, obviously you've got the first show, Arrow, then you've got The Flash, Supergirl, obscure comic books like Legends of Tomorrow, which became my favourite show within the Arrowverse. We have Superman and Lois Lane coming out. We have Black Lightning. It's just such a diverse portfolio, shall we say, of comic book richness that was just thrown together in a giant uh, primordial soup of television excellence. And it's just been such a fantastic run that's still continuing. And I feel very confident saying these are just the best comparison I can make comparing it to AEW. Stephen, I made the comparison. What do you reckon? No, I think AEW compared to the Arrowverse is is very fitting. Like you said, not just because of Cody Rhodes, but it, like you said, it, it, Arrow has really bridged the gap at between primetime TV and, you know, comic book fans. You know, obviously, MCU started it. You know, it was it started bridging that gap between the mainstream and comic book work that uh, caters more to younger adults and even teens, uh, you know, than your traditional, you know, network television uh, station would, would normally uh, cater to. So with with Arrow, I mean, it really did. It was trying to get that younger teen audience, you know, that would be more into a Riverdale, that would be into like One Tree Hill, and trying to introduce that that crowd into comics without going too heavy-handed with it. Whereas I think that's a great example of what AEW tries to be for wrestling. You know, you've got Cody um, out there pursuing interests outside of professional wrestling, trying to bridge that gap. You've got advertising on TNT during big NBA games. And AEW is very pleasing to wrestling fans. It's something that wrestling fans have wanted for a long time, whereas Arrow was something the comic book fans really wanted for a long time, was a true representation. You know, Smallville kind of was a precursor to Arrow yeah. because Smallville really kind of set that stage of, getting Superman on primetime TV in a way that didn't have Dean Cain in spandex, um, <laughs> which I'll, 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 I'll get to that later. I, I, that, that's a, that's a real guilty pleasure for me, but going back to arrow, you know, uh, Stephen Amell and um, uh, uh, Oliver Queen and that character and everything really did kind of uh, it, it did please a lot of comic book fans. The DC fans were really pleased with how it went. You know, not every season. I know it's got some negative reviews here and there on, on certain aspects. I know, what was it, like season four or five, maybe even later than that was where people really kind of started to sour on it a little bit. But it, it really has. I, I AEW hasn't hit that point too often where people have soured on it. But it really has kind of bridged wrestling fans who were kind of what they I, what what you would kind of refer to as the lapsed fans? It's kind of got those fans back into professional wrestling. It's got people who weren't so into professional wrestling, you know, back you know, who, fans who were fans in the Attitude Era are now coming back to it. People who kind of watched it casually are getting a little bit more into it because of these characters and these stories. 
Um, and again, I think kind of the same thing that Arrow did. Arrow got people back into it. People who either kind of lost touch with comic books or people who didn't have time for comic books. Uh, you now have this one hour of TV every week that they can get back into something that they once loved. And I think that's what AEW is allowing people to do too. Yeah. When Arrow first premiered, when did it first premiere? Eight, nine years ago. I actually yeah. didn't know what it was. I, uh, I, even as a comic book fan, I'm thinking, what is this? Because the way they presented it on Australian TV, um, they played up, uh, you know, the secret of the first season that uh, Oliver Queen's mum was responsible for the shipwreck. Mm-hmm. That's what they played up. And they played up big in the advertising. They say, oh, this massive new show. And they said, oh, it's the biggest, juiciest secret on TV. That's how they <laughs> sold it. They didn't sell it as a comic book show, which was one of the smartest things I think they did here. Because that yeah. got non-comic fans into it. And right. then when I learned it's a comic book show, oh, great. I was, I was uh, hooked in. And so that's, and it, it's, man. Yeah, I think in America, I think it was a little bit more heavy-handed with the superhero aspect of it. But when you think about it, it was eight or nine years ago. That was like, what, 2011, 2012. And that would have been when the Avengers movie was about to hit. Yeah. So superheroes were like a huge marketing thing. So I, I, I remember it being a little bit more uh, superhero centric and comic book centric uh, because that's what was making money at the time. So yeah, I mean, it's, I, I like that idea though of trying to hook people in, maybe thinking it's like a, a primetime soap opera kind of show versus yeah. a superhero show. I think, especially like I said here, you know, here it's uh, it's broadcast on the CW, which is again, it's that's premium nighttime primetime soap opera. Like that's that's who's watching it, or the people who are into that kind of programming. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, I remember it being a little bit more superhero centric, but I love the fact that they took that approach in in Australia because that really, I think, I just keep talking about it, bridge it bridging the gap between though that 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 One Tree Hill crowd and the comic book crowd. I think that can get every involved in it and everybody uh, really intrigued and interested you know that's that's why i brought it up you brought brought up the cw is that the network in america that um that did that rebooted version of dynasty uh did did they do dynasty i was it the cw it would make sense if it was the cw because it was a much it was a much younger crowd cw would make sense because here the cw is partly owned by cbs who originally had dynasty Okay. So I, that, yeah, I think it was, I think it was CW. Don't quote me, but I really, I lean towards it being the CW. I only brought that up because my, my mother loves the original dynasty. She was, oh, yeah. she was always a message. Yeah, Lynch Evans, man. Like that was, that was the, that was the, the show back in the day. She, uh, she was a massive, she's always been a massive Jackie Collins fan. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, there's that, but like I said, I mean, the, uh, the, the, as you said, it's just such, it was just such a cool way for, you know, Arrow, Arrow to like bring in all these people together in you know, just this uh, a primordial soup of shows. And you mentioned Dean Kane, you know, we've got that new Superman Lois Lane show. And <laughs> you know, that, oh, that, that, that kind of did give me 90s flashbacks with Dean Kane and um, oh, what was her name? She was in Desperate Housewives too. And she Terry was Hatcher. Terry Hatcher. Yeah. That, that, yeah. Even though, a, I know, was... even though I know it's going to be nothing like that, it did kind of flash into my head. As, yeah, as like I said, you can't blame us. But... That was such a huge guilty pleasure for me. Like I used to watch that as a kid because like as a kid who's, 
who was into comic books. And back in, back in the day, you know, like I'm, I'm in my thirties. So I was growing up, you know, I was a, I was a nineties kid. So mid early to mid nineties, you know, late nineties, even comic book, there was not a lot of great, well done comic book representation. So we kind of had to take what we could get. Yeah. And, you know, we had the Tim Burton Batmans, which were good. And then of course, Joel Schumacher took over and kind of ruined that. Bat nipples. Oh yeah, bat nipples. Yeah, who can forget <laughs> bat nipples? Um, Chucking some the, homoeroticism in there. Why I'll never know. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, that was prime Joel Schumacher. Like it was just like that was like that's that's nothing what he did. Wrong with that, by the way, <laughs> just saying. no, no. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's like I mean, it makes perfect sense. Um, well, there's but, a no, I mean, so, this is up as a bat who has a young ward living with him. So <laughs> I guess he, I oh, guess yeah. he, deci- I guess oh, he decided yeah. to play up the jokes. Good for him, I suppose. Oh, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was more tongue in cheek. It was like, it was like they ran with the, they, they were in on the joke and then they were running with it. So it was, it was very well done, um, very well done, tongue in cheek uh, kind of humor. But uh, I mean, yeah, like I said, we didn't, we didn't have like really well done um comic book book adaptations back then so it was like i mean kenneth brana wasn't shooting superhero stuff back in the 90s you know the way no. he was the way he was with thor so i mean it's it's uh making his frankenstein remake with Nero. exactly which wasn't great either <laughs> uh, but but you know dean kane wearing the 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 pet that the trademark outfit i mean like that was that was huge back in the day so i mean if we're, you know while we're on the the subject of comparisons i mean i think we got to say wcw was like the lowest the adventures of lois and clark <laughs> especially towards the end absolutely <laughs> oh yeah absolutely like, yeah. like wcw was the the adventures of lois and clark of uh of dc uh of, of dc's multiverse for sure like i think that is probably uh probably my 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 apt analogy for the day <laughs> we had the um smallville cameo in crisis of infinite earths i wonder yes. if they tried i wonder if they tried to get dean kane and terry hatcher in there just for, just oh. for giggles that would have been funny well could you i was like i would have loved that i, I would have loved to have seen dean kane and terry hatcher come back like i feel like dean kane would do it because what else is dean kane doing like <laughs> i'm pretty sure he would just put on the superman suit for a subway sandwich at this point but you know that's that i think terry hatcher would probably be the harder get there yeah, that's true. Uh, she she uh, she seems has more going on. She's she's living off um residuals from Desperate Housewives. I think I think she's set for life. So probably that and Radio Shack commercials. Oh, we don't have that here, so I couldn't tell you. But still, oh god, <laughs> yeah, like she she actually did commercials like between Lois and Clark and Desperate Housewives. She did commercials for this electronic store called Radio Shack, and it okay. was like you're like how did they get Terry Hatcher? Cause even by then she was still a pretty big star, but she's, then she ends up doing TV commercials and you're just like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I know she's got a YouTube channel too. That's pretty popular with um, single mums for some reason. But is I, she I, really? I, yeah. I've never seen it. I saw it on an episode of, um, you know what Mrs. Brown is that Irish uh, com- a comic co- comedy show? Probably not. Well, she was on an episode of that and she they play clips from her YouTube channel. So yeah weird that would be the last person i would expect to get into youtube is terry hatcher oh well maybe she has nothing better to do she's she's rich but maybe (laughs) Maybe. who knows (laughs) all right okay moving on exactly we've got got some Um, we've got some more comparisons here to make and i i'm really digging this one 
I firmly believe that New Japan Pro Wrestling could be comparable to DC Dark. Now, for those who don't know who DC Dark is, this is the universe that the Joker, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker movie is set in. And it's also rumoured to be the universe where Matt Reeves' Batman is meant to be set, starring Robert Patterson. And the reason why I made this comparison is DC Dark, not just the, the film uh, versions, but the comic book versions as well. If you've read Three Jokers, you know what I'm talking about. One of the best comic books of the year. Check that out, guys. Everyone was talking about Joker War. I was talking about Three Jokers, but never mind. Um, D- uh, New Japan is always for the more adult wrestling fan, I've always said. It's uh, very gritty, very... Presentation-wise, it's clean, but like the in-ring style is very gritty. It's very physical. It's Obviously, you have those great scientific wrestlers like uh, Zack Sabre Jr., but then you have just savages like Minero Suzuki. <laughs> so, so the reason why I make this comparison is because it's always New Japan's always the more adult-orientated professional wrestling product, in my mind. And I think, obviously, DC Dark is, in, uh, is obviously more geared towards grown-ups, so, Stephen, give your thought. Give give us your thoughts on that comparison. Again, I think it's it's one of the more apt analogies because, like you said, New Japan has always appealed more to the adult professional wrestling fans. It's like you know the not to throw this term smart around, but I mean the 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 you know the smart marks have always preferred Japan and the and the puro style over. The American entertainment style. Meltzer, you know, obviously talks nonstop about New Japan. Always gives them the highest rated matches. Um, the sh- the pay per views and and the the special the super cards always get crazy reviews uh, through the Observer. And then when you think about when you look at what Joker did critically, it was a darling of the critics. I mean, it was nominated and won Oscars. So I mean, it was it was. It's it's so I mean that analogy is is great because it is it's just going off of the critical acclaim from my perspective. Like I I look at how New Japan is the darling of the critics, and how Joker was the darling of the critics, and it seems like people are really really wanting the Matt Reeves Robert Pattinson Batman movie to do the same thing and get the same reception. And honestly, from the little glimpses we're getting, it it does look like it's going to do just as well. It yeah. looks like it's going to be kind of a similar atmosphere and similar setup to Todd Phillips Joker movie. So it's it's not unreasonable to sit there and say that yeah, this is it's kind of what it's kind of what's going on is they're going for this more you know, it's called DC Dark, but really it just seems like it's more it like you said it's a more adult approach to these comic book adaptations. This isn't, you know, Jack Nicholson's cartoonish Joker. This isn't, you know, Heath Ledger which you know Heath Ledger's performance as Joker was was deserved a lot of critical acclaim, but Heath Ledger's Joker was even more so to me. Like that was more Nolan's Batman series was geared more towards the uh, kind of what, like we were talking about with that One Tree Hill Riverdale kind of crowd. Like yeah. I feel like that was like to make that made Batman more palatable to that crowd. Um, whereas I think this new series, this new series of films that we're getting from DC Dark is going to get it more in the 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 more palatable for adults more adult more a grittier uh subsect of fans and i think uh you know because todd phillips said his big inspiration for joker was taxi driver which you don't get more adult than taxi driver i mean it was just one of the 
the it's one of the darkest, more most cerebral, psychologically stimulating films that's out there. Yeah. And that's exactly what New Japan brings to the table too. I mean, it really does. It, it, if you're a wrestling fan, you feel rewarded after watching a New Japan show versus feeling like you know you've just been kind of you know like okay, it's it's it, it was a it was a, a variety show hosted by Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, mate. I mean, oh man, I could go on and on about. I loved Heath Ledger's Joker. I'm not going to lie. Uh, from eons ago, but I think honestly, Joaquin eclipsed him. I mean, that performance was—I can't even begin to describe that performance. It was unbelievable. One of the most sensational film performances, not just in comic book film, but any film I'd ever seen. And I—he absolutely deserved to win the Oscar for it, hands down. And it's interesting uh, you mentioned, you know, uh, you know. You, you think Nolan was trying to appeal to the Riverdale crowd. I, when I first heard the casting of Robert Pattinson, um, uh, Ed, Edward from Twilight, I, I, I instantly thought Matt Reeves was going for that audience, even though uh, in the decade since uh, the Twilight films, Robert's, uh, Robert Pattinson has done these amazing independent films with these wonderful directors, including one in Australia called The Rover, which I highly recommend people check out. Yeah, I did hear that. I did hear that one was really well received too. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I, and when I say that that Nolan was going for more of that Riverdale crowd, it wasn't so much like he was like I don't think he was was consciously going like we're gonna go after you know teens and 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 young adults. It was more so he was just making the kind of Batman film he wanted to see. But when you look at the casting, you know, Christian Bale, who was a really hot young actor at the time, Katie Holmes, you know, uh, really, really. Uh, uh, really appealed to that kind of crowd. Um, break, yeah. And then even in the next movie with, with, yeah, yeah. Heath Ledger's re- reputation at the time was he was more so in, he did movies like Knight's Tale and Casanova and 10 things I hate about you. He was more so known for those films yeah. than he was for his, you know, more dramatic performances, which he had done at the time and they were really good. But again, it was just more so the casting choices seemed to me like they were like the studio Warner brothers. Maybe I should put it on Warner brothers versus Nolan. We're going to, with the casting was going for a younger crowd. Whereas this just feels like, again, the purpose isn't so much the casting, you know, like we say Pattinson was, was, was definitely a, a choice that appeals to a certain demographic, but the stories I think are going to appeal more to adults as we've seen with, with Todd Phillips, Joker. And I think Matt Reeves is prepared to do the same thing with, with the Batman. Yeah, and uh, it, it was. It, I think it's kind of funny because Robert Pattinson tells a story about um, how he was working on Tenet with Christopher Nolan, and he uh, told Christopher Nolan that he had, uh, while I think they were filming, that he had gotten the role of Batman. I think uh, that, that would have been an interesting conversation between the two of them, I think. Oh, I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... I mean, Matt Reeves is a great director himself, and I, I have no doubt that his take on Batman is going to be... Uh, even more wild and different. And I, from again, from what we've seen, it looks absolutely sensational. I mean, that clip they showed on DC Fandom where, um, you know, Pattinson just goes full beast mode and beats the tar out of this criminal, just really pounds on him. Yeah. Savagely. And, you know, uh, you think uh, he's, uh, when the, the guy asks him before he beats him up, who, who are you? And after he finishes beating him up, everyone thinking, okay, he's going to say, I am Batman. No, he switches up and says, I am vengeance. 
which is the first line from the animated series, I am Vengeance, I am the Knight, I am Batman. That, that marked right. me out a bit. And I thought, that's pretty bloody clever. <laughs> nice wink, wink, nudge, nudge there, Mr. Reeves. I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, I, and it's, that's one thing with, with Matt Reeves. He seems like he is a fan, uh, you know, first and foremost. He, he definitely strikes me as somebody who has a, a great admiration and respect for the, for the source material. Uh, again, going back to New Japan, it's, you know, the people who are booking you, like, like Gato. Obviously, yeah. Gato has, has such a great respect for those who came before him. And Absolutely. he sees the potential of the people, of, of the young people in front of him, you know, like, like Okada, who, you know, he was, he saw the talent in Okada. He saw the potential and he, he raised him up and, and put him in that position and put him on that pedestal. I mean, for making comparisons here, I mean, Let's. I mean, it could could we be seeing Robert Pattinson, you know, in a position like Okada, where where Matt Reeves is is kind of the Gato, and he's giving him this potential and this huge huge responsibility on his shoulders to carry a major position. You know, the role of Batman is very much like the IWGP Heavyweight Championship of DC. You know, you can sit there and talk about Superman and Man of Steel. I think Batman more so carries DC as a as a property than anything. So. Uh, I really think it's 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 going to be interesting to see where the Batman and Robert Pattinson and Matt Reeves and and what they create. It's going to be really interesting to see where it lands. But again, I, I think going back to your analogy, I think it's it's very appropriate because I think that is what we're witnessing right now. I think this DC dark is very much the New Japan, and I think it's there's the the comparisons uh, are really really infinite at this point. Yeah, and you mentioned Okada, which brings me up to my next one: the promotion that. <laughs> blew every chance they had with them. Hooly oh. dooly. Impact Wrestling is comparable to the DCEU. And I'm going to get some hate for this, but let me explain why this is. I think this Impact- is the best comparison you, you've made uh, out of the list. <laughs> well, the reason why I made this comparison, because Impact Wrestling, it's, it's always been a mixed bag from the very beginning, ever since it was founded in 2002 by the Jarrett's. Therefore, every one really good thing they do, they do like 10 horrible things. And sadly, the DCEU has been the same. You know, and Man of Steel was good. Batman versus Superman. Suicide Squad. I love Suicide Squad, but that's only because Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. That's the only (laughs) good thing about that film. That's the only reason why I've watched it a few times. But the one thing that Impact Wrestling has always done very, very well, probably better than any other promotion in the US, in my opinion, excluding WOW, of course, Women of Wrestling Superstars, is cheap plug, just checking it out, (laughs) uh, is, of course, their women's division. Impact Wrestling has always had a solid as anything women's division from 2005 to 2011, they had by far the superior women's division to WWE. I don't, I don't, I don't even think that's debatable. That's just a plain fact. And DCEU, for all its faults, does female superheroes, superheroines, very, very, very well. Wonder Woman, Birds of Prey. So that's why I'm making the comparison. So come at me, internet, all you want, but I'm sticking by it. Stephen, give us your thoughts. No, like I said, I, th- I think that's it's 
probably the most apt comparison that's that's on the list right now is because like you said it, the the big thing that jumps out to me obviously is the is the the impact of women um no pun intended <laughs> but uh impacts women's division has always been uh, supreme and you 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 know you know from conversations that we've had i'm not the biggest fan of impact so for me to sit there and admit something that they do well and something that they've done right the, yeah i mean it's their women's division they've always done well with the women's division with the exception of um that you know the whole knockouts tag team titles uh, uh, i think that that you know i'm 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 glad to see it's coming back and and i think this 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 team that's at the helm of, of impact right now will do it uh, will do it justice for sure but you know there was that dark period where it didn't do things so well um and then ag- again yeah at dc the dceu wonder woman was easily easily the best film that they've done in the dceu i mean it and and the the, the early reception of 19 of, of wonder woman 1984 is already uh, people are already saying it it's it's a, a worthwhile successor to what they created with that, and you've got you know Patty Jenkins in in charge of uh, you know as a director who um, just knocked it out of the park. You've got Gal Gadot who does phenomenal you, performances from people like Robin Wright who is an absolute legend on the screen. Whereas again, like Impact, their women's division, you've got these young stars who came out of nowhere like Jordan Grace, Deanna Perrazzo, who are just killing it right now. Um, stars who cut their teeth elsewhere, like Taya Valkyrie, who, you know, worked for years down in Mexico, was trained by Lance Storm up yeah. in Canada, you know, world-traveled athlete. And now she's getting her, you know, her respect uh, and impact. Uh, and then you've got, uh, again, in D.C., uh, you, you've got these, these uh, again, it's uh, other than other than the women, everything's so hit or miss because you've got, the men's division, you've got periods where you've got Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe at lockdown 2008, one of the best main events I've ever seen of a pay-per-view where Samoa Joe finally won the world title. But then you've also got Sting and Jeff Hardy where Jeff Hardy is on drugs and Sting rolls him up in three seconds and gets the belt. So, I mean, you, whereas DC, you've got Man of Steel was great. Dawn of Justice, not so great. Aquaman, good film. Wonder Woman, Mm -hmm. good film. Suicide Squad, not so much um but then you've even got stuff like the flash where it was wildly entertaining um uh, you know uh you know it not probably not you know it's it's not the citizen kane of superhero movies but the flash was an enjoyable film um and then flash, you've got people like eric young they haven't made the flash for me are you thinking about shazam or the flash shazam yeah <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I, was, I had red and white in my head, and I was like Zach, you know Zachary Levi, yeah, the, the you know the Flash, Shazam, my bad. I'm excited for the Flash though, because uh, Andy Muschietti is is helming that, and I love Andy Muschietti; he's a wonderful director. So I, I, I have high I hopes just, for that one. I really hope that the rumors are true, and it's going to be the Flashpoint storyline, because I want to see uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as uh, uh, Bruce Wayne's dad's Batman. That would be amazing. Oh, and yeah. and 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 uh, and and Martha Wayne Joker. I want to see that. So. Oh, I'm with you. I've got high hopes for it. The, if they do the Flashpoint storyline, it's going to. I, I think it's it's going to be the one thing that that really helps bounce back the the DCEU, and really is going. It's. It, only hope at this point if they want to marvel over their money it they've got a good flash point and and it, you know if they, but yeah again like, like with impact it's it's uh 
they, they, they've been hit or miss the same way the DCEU's been hit or miss. This Justice League movie, the Joss Whedon Justice League movie, not great. And then, you know, Impact, you know, they're, they're trying to bounce back. They're trying to do better. But when you look at it, it's like, I, 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 look, at, I look at Impact and DC are, are at this point now where it's like, no matter how, how well they do, can they really bounce back from the negative stigma that they've, that they've occurred, that they've accrued? you know, over the last few years. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit like um, with, with both. It's a bit like we, we, we've talked about this too. It's a bit like uh, Disney and Star Wars sequel trilogy has not, was not, uh, it didn't go down too well. Too, oh. too, too, too many, too many cooks in the kitchen, too many people not agreeing with where the story would go. And we, we got a mixed, a mixed bag, but then at the same time we had rogue one that was good solo, which is good. And we have a whole slew of amazing Disney Plus shows. So, but so it's just, and I think one thing DC has done better than and than Marvel in in the entertainment aspects of the adaptation bits is television because we we mentioned Arrowverse before and all that. Really, yeah. Marvel Agents of Shield I know has its fans, never really big into it. Agent Carter, Agent Carter, I was disappointed that got cancelled after one season, but I understand why it was cancelled. But, you know, then you have the Netflix stuff on Marvel, which was way better, excluding Iron Fist. But but then at the same time, you see the slew of DC shows and you see, okay, maybe DC's better at long-form storytelling. Maybe the two hours on the big screen just isn't their forte. Long-form on on, on a small screen just seems to be their preferred... Uh, method it seems so i mean i would 100 percent agree with that and honestly if you would have if you would have told me that either comic book giant at marvel or dc had success on the big screen you know definitively i'd say you know fat chance of that happening because i've always been a big believer that comic books are better are better adapted into television than they ever would be in a movie. You just, I just am not a big believer. You can tell those stories well in 90 minutes to two hours. And while MCU has done well with certain aspects, I, I think it's, you can, I mean, you can argue that there are some of the films that could have gone better as a television series. Yeah. I, my best example is age of Ultron. I, I think age of Ultron would have worked way better as a television series than it ever did as a film it wasn't a bad film but i easily look at that i'm like i would have watched 12 episodes of that and i don't think i would have i think i would have been sufficiently satisfied with that as a tv series versus a two-hour film and i think dc made the smartest choice when they finally greenlit the snyder cut of justice league let's not do a two-hour film let's break it up into four one-hour episodes because snyder has enough footage to do it and you know he he's a fan of long form storytelling too. His his films are usually pretty long, so it's yes, it seems like the smarter choice. And I'm very happy happy to hear that they, that's that's the method that they chose. So, well, yeah, and it's like it's like back in the it's like back in the day when they had when um you know in the late '80s and early '90s when they greenlit uh, a miniseries for television. Uh, based off of a Stephen King novel called It, you know, the, it was such a, it's a huge novel. I mean, anybody who's read it knows it's a huge novel. It is a lengthy read, yeah. but you know, it, it wasn't going to work as just a 90 minute movie. So they realized we needed to break this up into a mini series. And then later when they adapted it into a film, it was a two part film. It was, you know, it's, it's one of those things, like you said, it's like justice league is going to work better 
broken up into four hour long segments because it is a story that needs to be told in longer form. Absolutely. And I think it's going to be, it's going to be, I I was always very doubtful that it would ever happen. And I was, and I was very vocal on social media, never going to happen. But now I'm thinking after it was announced, I'm thinking I want to see this and I I can't wait to see this. So they've already won me over to just hope uh, Snyder can produce something. Well, if he produces Producing something better than what we got on the big screen will be easy and easy enough, but let's just hope he produces something that's worth the expense Warner Brothers has put into it. And it's worth our time, shall we say? Yeah, let's let's hope it's not a uh, sucker punch. Oh, well, I think the problem with sucker punch was it was a a, a feminist movie directed by a man. You know, <laughs> I, I think uh, he had he had right intentions, just didn't know enough about the themes and the motifs to do it properly. Right intention. No, I, I, no I, I, I don't think it was. I don't think it was a. Is it was his best uh, product that he, he's, that he's produced. Unfortunately, whereas no. I mean, I love what he did with Dawn of the Dead and Three Hundred. Those are two of my favorite movies that he's that he was able to to you know to put out there. Absolutely. Now, moving on, we have this one might be a bit of a stretch, but but I, I'm I'm quite happy about it. It's um. Lucha Libre AAA, Lucha Libre AAA, if I'm doing my Spanish correctly, which I'm probably not. I reckon that's, I reckon that's uh, equatable to uh, what was formerly on DC Universe streaming service, now on HBO Max streaming service, DC Titans and DC Doom Patrol. Now, the reason why I'm putting this here is uh, it's a little bit like the New Japan thing. AAA is a more adult-oriented product. Its main competition, CMLL in Mexico, is for kids. Doom Patrol and Titans, especially with Titans. Titans was originally a, 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 a comic book for younger fans, for people who liked Robin, and they turned into cartoons. Then they matured it up and became a very violent TV show. TV show on uh, uh, DC Universe and now HBO Max. And then we have The Amazing Doom Patrol, which is one of the smartest uh, comic book TV shows you'll ever see. And the reason why I'm comparing it to Lucha Libre AAA is Lucha Libre AAA gets a bad rep because it's it does a lot of the hardcore wrestling and it does a lot of out there things. But if you look at a lot of the matches in AAA, it's more of the purer version of Lucha Libre you'll find. CMLL has watered it down a great deal, in my opinion. Uh, and I think a lot of the stuff, especially the uh, AAA's cruiserweight divisions, the more pure uh, Lucha Libre. And Doom Patrol and Titans, I think it's probably the purest forms of DC Comics television. As much as I love the Arrowverse, we've said ourselves, that's been watered down by the Riverdale crowd. This stuff is hardcore DC, and it's very entertaining. Steven, give us your thoughts. Yeah, so this is this is one where I, I have not been able to dip into DC Titans or, or Doom Patrol yet, but I do I do love love AAA Lucha Libre. You know the uh, Triple Mania is I think one of the biggest shows that you see every year from in the world of professional wrestling. And you're right, it is. It's more of a it's more of the the purest approach to Lucha Libre with CML CMLL is always been the more character driven 
you know, it's where Mystico got his start before he became Sin Cara. I think that's why WWE thought he would translate well to WWE because it was more character driven. And, and again, from so like I said, I have not dipped my, you know, dipped into DC Titans or or uh, Doom Patrol yet. But from what I've heard from people, from the reviews that I see it getting, from the feedback that I see it getting, it's it's very much it's very similar to what you do see with people who watch the AAA shows. Um, even similar to to like, like like what we brought up with earlier with with New Japan, it's a more adult approach to it, and a lot of the stuff that that has been online um, through more of the streaming services with DC seems to have really really pleased a lot of the fans critically. Uh, it, it 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 really seems like everybody has been has jumped on board and really embraced what Warner Brothers has been able to produce through DC. Uh, through these these more adult driven programs, these more adult centric programs, and again, AAA has always that's been their niche. They've let CMLL kind of do the the kitty thing and and that more entertainment based product, and they're going to do more of the serious hardcore approach. Um, through what you see with people like uh, you know uh, used to be Dr. Wagner Jr. Now he's Ray Wagner. You know his uh, and, and uh, uh, I know uh, L.A. Park. Uh, did a, worked a long time with AAA. Like that's where he was able to kind of come into his own and do a lot of that work that got him more recognized um, as as more of a wrestler and more of an artist than the ring than just being a character like what we saw here in the states with WCW. And it seems like DC, you know, what DC's doing with Titans and with Doom Doom Patrol, it's where they're able to do more, you know, have a little bit more artistic freedom. And, and really uh, writers and, and, and producers are able, and the, and the brand itself is able to take more of a mature approach to it. So again, not something I've, you know, delved into hardcore yet, but uh, again, it, I definitely see where you would make those similarities. Yeah. I mean, I'm more into Titans and Doom Patrol because uh, half the Titans cast is Australian. So I, I have to give a shout out to them, but yeah, I, yeah. I got to represent. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I do really love Doom Patrol. One of the biggest themes of Doom Patrol is um, these aren't really superheroes. They're super screw-ups, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) They're people that get it wrong a lot, but they have the best intentions (laughs) and they really try and they do whatever they can to succeed and and save the day. There's a little bit of that in AAA as well, especially with the uh, uh, Pagano wrestler because he's a... Oh yeah, Pagano. Yeah, he's he's got that reputation of being like the hardcore wrestler, a bit bit crazy, a bit you know Sabu esque even. Yeah, if I can be that. Well, I love the Psycho Circus too. That that's another yeah. act that I really love. Murder Clown, Psycho Clown. Those guys are those guys are just oh I I I I mean I talked about it earlier. Like I, I love Psycho Clowns. So that's <laughs> I think that's a that's a big that's a big. Uh, big spot for me like you're definitely going to win me over with that <laughs> you know you're not afraid of clans and you haven't got that um what's it called agoraphobia whatever it is <laughs> so, no i know what you're talking about yeah the uh i use it when i was a kid i hardcore feared clowns but i blame that mainly on tim curry as pennywise man like and <laughs> and of course matt Bourne as doink i mean evil doink was pretty scary if you're a kid growing up in the 90s which i was so between tim curry uh as pennywise and matt Bourne as evil doink like yeah it was uh I developed a fear of clowns, which grew into a respect, and um, it becomes just one of my favorite favorite tropes. Like if I see if I see killer clowns, like yeah, that's like I have to watch it. Boris Karloff, the first actor to ever betray Frankenstein in film, 
said yes. that the scariest thing you'll ever see is a clown in moonlight. So I'll oh, wow. just, I thought I'd just add that in there for dramatic that's effect. A, no, that's a really that's a really interesting quote. Of course, coming from Karloff, like that's some that's some heavy that is some heavy stuff to think about there as far as uh, as far as horror. Mm, big time. Right, because I know you're a big horror fan, so I thought I'd Oh, absolutely. Cool. This next one is definitely I've talked about this with a few friends and they're always and they're already having a go at me for it, but I I'm firmly standing by it. NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance, is comparable to the DC animated films. Those wonderful DC animated films. And the reason why I'm doing this comparison before everybody comes at me with their pitchforks is that the DC animated films are probably the truest adaptations of DC comics you'll get, you know, because with animation, you can get away with stuff that wouldn't work in live action, you know, so more cartoonish, silly and insane things you'll see in comic books. You can do through animation. Thus it's the truest form of adaptation. NWA, you know, we make fun of, you know, the, Billy Corgan buying what most believe is a dead brand. The NWA is probably the truest form of American pro wrestling, you know, historically speaking. I mean, back to the territory days. That's when, when people think about, I hate to say the word pure wrestling because Ring of Honor has kind of co-opted it and turned it uh, for their own devices, which I love, by the way, don't get me wrong. But uh, when you think pure wrestling, the pure uh essence of it i guess you can say of from from um, um, uh, from an american point of view and even an australian point of view too you and i've discussed uh world champ the original world championship wrestling here in australia which was an nwa territory that's right yeah good old jim barnett yeah 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 um it, it seemed like it, it, nwa is probably probably you know even going all the way back to their belts their championship belts that have you know, this original designs that they've had for 50 years that they haven't changed. So that's probably the purest form of American professional wrestling you can get. So that's why I made the comparison between DC animated. Okay. Come up with me with your pitchforks guys, but before you do, let's get Stephen Dickey's take on it. So. No, I, I saw this comparison and I, I, re, I, I love this comparison too. Honestly, and I kind of treat the DC animated films the same way I treat NWA's programming. You know, I, I, I love them when I watch them, but I don't find myself like seeking them out all the time. You know, it's like, I don't, I'm not the, I'm not the guy running out and buying, you know, the new Blu-rays every, every Friday when they come out with the new animated films. I'm also not going on YouTube all the time and looking for the new episode of NWA power. So it's like I, I find myself kind of treating them the same way. But when I do watch them, when I sit down and watch, you know, like even when I was a kid and it was, uh, what was it, Mask of the Phantasm, you know, even dating back to that animated film, like in, and Under the Red Hood, you know, with the whole Jason Todd story, like those were some of my favorite adaptations of any of the comic books. And I love, love, love the DC animated films. It's like now they've got, gotten into doing year one and the killing joke um among many others I, I'm, I'm more focusing obviously i'm keep talking about the batman ones but i love the batman animated films i just think like especially when it's kevin conroy which is more often than not it's kevin conroy like yeah. i love kevin conroy's voice in the animated films i think he's to me when i hear batman 
Kevin Conroy is Batman. Uh, when I think of professional wrestling, I what's that? I'm sorry. Uh, he, he voiced the uh, Batman in the Arkham games as well, which were phenomenal. That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's like that's that's I th- and I think anybody who grew up with those the animated series and the animated films is probably going to say the same thing. But like when I think of professional wrestling, the three letters I think of, I think most people are going to say WWE, WWF. But to me, it's NWA. Like NWA will always be the first letters I think of when I think of professional wrestling because it's been around forever. It is, it is, you know, the NWA world heavyweight championship. I will always like, no matter who's held it, even whether it was Luthez and Ric Flair or Adam Pierce and blue demon, like it would, to me, it's like, that's always been the richest prize in professional wrestling and nothing will ever change that. And it's always, it, it's always going to be the three, three letters that I think of. It's always going to be like you said, the purest, form of what American professional wrestling or wrestling as you know what a lot of them called it back in the day during those good old days of mid-Atlantic and Florida championship wrestling you know that NWA now with power harkens back to that and like you said those DC animated films harken back to what people fell in love with with those comic books and now you literally get to see them move off the page and into uh, this, this animated cinematic presentation. It's just tremendous to me to see, you know, what they've been able to do with taking what people fell in love with and just uh, literally adapting it almost page for page to the screen. It, 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 and it, like I said, with NWA, it's tremendous for me to see what they used to do back in the seventies and eighties with this, presentation of the studio professional wrestling show with the old WCW Saturday night and take it into 2019, 2020, and now make it, you know, palatable uh, for people who are consuming it through YouTube and through social media and watching it in the 2020 landscape. It's just, it's wild how what DC has been able to do with taking their stuff off the page and into an animated film and it's crazy for me to see people take what used to be great about the NWA and now translate it into into 2020. It's just so I, I, I that analogy seems really fitting to me. And I, I, I now I, I don't think I'll ever be able to, uh, to unwrap the two from each other. In films. I, I love that comparison. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that, mate. I mean. Maybe people won't come up, come after me for it then. If you, if if someone like you reckons it, it fits perfectly, maybe I won't get killed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Put your pitchforks away. I think it's. I think it's really. I think it really makes sense. Cool. Speaking of pitchforks, well, maybe not pitchforks. Baseball bats, probably. <laughs> this was the one I'm really looking forward to. This comparison. I'm really, really, I'm really proud of this one. We are stardom. Best. Outside of WoW, of course, outside of WoW, <laughs> the best female professional wrestling you'll ever see is, of course, uh, World Wonder Ring Stardom in Japan. And, you know, I always call their presentation pretty and gritty. And the reason why I call it pretty and gritty is because, see, these absolutely beautiful Japanese women in these great wrestling outfits get into the ring and then they pound the living you-know-what out of each other. I mean, the kinds of things that they do is very brutal. But at the same time, 
you know, you see see them in these squads where they're, they're so, so much like female you know, camaraderie, female friendship and that kind of thing. And the, that's why I compare it to da, 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 the Harley Quinn animated series starring Kaylee Cuoco and a whole uh, amazing cast of people. And because that's, I think the same way. It's, 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 pretty and gritty i mean you have you know all these beautiful women you got the uh, obviously harley quinn but you got poison ivy and just this fantastic cast of characters and it's just you obviously you get that, that those really sweet moments between harley and ivy and you get a just so much cool things same as stardom and then you see uh, harley quinn you know bash a bloke's kneecaps in with a baseball bat and you, and you get a, a a million adult oriented jokes which are funny as anything so that's my comparison. I'm sticking with it. Uh, Steven, go for it, mate. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, Stardom, uh, Stardom and, and Harley Quinn, I mean, it, it, the, the comparison definitely makes sense. Stardom, like you, you describe it best, pretty and gritty. Like I love watching matches from Stardom because it's you do. You get to see these, these women just beating the holy hell out of each other. And, you know... It, and wow, like one thing I, I have said from the beginning, anytime they're like, anytime somebody comes to me, is like, is there any talent we should be looking out for? I'm like, get a Jap- get some Japanese women's wrestlers. Like for the love, get some Joshis in here. Because I like, I tell you what, there's nobody doing that. Nobody's doing that. They are the two most notable names we've had recently. But you even date back to the jumping, the, the jumping Japanese bomb angels from you know the old days of the WWF back when they had the original incarnation of the tag team titles. It's like we, it's like we just, it's been few and far between that we've seen like true Joshi wrestlers and and wrestling represented here in the states. It's like I've said from the beginning, if anybody wants to make their women's division stand out, get some of these Joshi wrestlers in an American promotion and let them just do what they do over there. It's just, it's gonna be. To me, it'll be the biggest thing to hit the states since you know since since WCW brought the Lucha Libre wrestlers in and ECW brought the Lucha Libre wrestlers. It's going to be a big game changer in my opinion. And 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 to me, like you said, the the analogy of of the Harley Quinn TV show that's that's what it is. It's like the the pretty and gritty uh, the kind of uh, moniker that you've established there for it. It, you know, it, it is, it's, it's really well, it's, it's a beautifully animated show. Obviously Harley is, is animated and drawn uh, and illustrated to be a very beautiful person on the outside, but on the, you know, on the inside, she's a very deranged, violent, malicious character with a softer side. Of course, you know, as you said, there's a, those tender moments with, with, uh, with poison Ivy, who also is very violent, deranged and, 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 and insane and, and, uh, in what you see her do as well, it's uh, it, so it, it does. It has that balance, you know. You've got uh, beautiful women in, in stardom and these wonderful outfits, and this this it, the what WWE always calls the pageantry. They bring that pageantry, but the minute the bell rings, it's just pure hellacious, you know, just angry smash mouth professional wrestling. It is. You know, you wonder how some of these people aren't just absolutely wrecked physically by the end of these contests. Some of them are, but yeah. some of them walk away fine. And you're just like, I don't see how. Whereas, you know, with the the Harley Quinn show, 
you know, you, you, you watch that and you're like, you're like, uh, oh, this is a fun show. And you walk away, you're like, I don't see how anybody's fine after watching this. <laughs> it's, it, it, you have those moments. So it's, it's, uh, it, it really is, again, a great comparison, great analogy. And I, I just, uh, I, I, I can't speak highly enough of either one of them. I think they're just, they're both, they, I think they deserve more respect and more credit than they get. And I, I think we need to see more of that going forward by, uh, in professional wrestling and in, uh, you know, superhero adaptations, these comic book adaptations. I just think we need to see more of it forward. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I was so happy when Harley Quinn was the third season because there was the whole thing that was up in the air. And I think it was just after DC fandom uh, it, it happened that they announced season three is happening. So I'm really looking forward to that. Like I can't wait for them to see that. And I'm really looking forward to stardom uh, doing uh, the big show in uh, Nippon Budokan, the big 12,000 seater arena, even though they, they, they booked it for March and I don't think they'll be able to fill it in March yeah. due to COVID, but, but they'll, they'll be allowed to half fill it, I think, which, which will be a massive thing. I think that'll be their biggest uh, crowd that they've ever had. And uh, I, it's just going to be an amazing show and, you know, Carly Quinn's an amazing show and that's, that's the comparison I'm sticking with it. So <laughs> now me to the wall if you, if you must, but I'm sticking with that comparison guys. Well, ladies and gents, I think we have just about covered it. We have delved into almost the entirety of the DC multiverse. There's probably more there, but you know, there are only so many promotions we can compare it to. Okay. So bear with us. <laughs> I mean, we even delved into the adventures of Lois, Lois and Clark. I mean, like, can we really dig much deeper than that? We pulled an old gem out from the nineties. I feel, I feel like we, I feel like we covered some good ground here. Yeah, man. We, 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 we pulled out some old and dusty spandex for you guys to enjoy. So that worry. That's man. right. <laughs> right. Oh man. Well, thank you so much for tuning into what was the last episode of season two, season two and the last episode for 2020. And we will, we, we will be back in 2021. Uh, big slew of things coming up. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at, uh, at, uh, at spandex underscore pod. I'll get it right in a minute at spandex underscore pod on Twitter and on Instagram at spandex underscore pod. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, like us on Facebook as well, Storytelling and Spandex, look us up, uh, posting all kinds of uh, funny and weird stuff relating to pro wrestling and comic books and how it's all in connecting. Trust me, you'll enjoy it. And that's it from us. I am, Sir, I am Mitch Adams. That was Mr. Stephen Dickey of Wow Women of Wrestling Superheroes. And thank you so much for joining us. We'll hopefully see you again in 2021. Thanks a lot for listening to us, guys.